escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. This new Wendy's Frosty flavor is way too exciting to keep under wraps. It's a brand new, first of its kind flavor. Get this, pumpkin spice. I know, right? It's so good. It's rich, it's cozy. It's the perfect flavor for some fall frosty time. Watch, everyone will see it and jump on the bandwagon. Grab a never before seen pumpkin spice frosty or pumpkin spice frosty cream cold brew today when you choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Limited time only. Participating US Wendy's vanilla frosty is temporarily unavailable. As our following. So back in the days, we had some key industry people. We had some key musicians with influence who had the power to um, change the mindset of the younger ones. Let's ask were they able to do that? Probably not. So they, they, they grew up not knowing what to do next, not knowing any history to read the proper things that has been preserved for us to follow. So they tap on everything. And in this current dispensation that we are living in a global world, if you are not deliberate about maintaining your culture, preserving your values, the children will be exposed to anything at all. Mm -hmm. So I think we weren't too intentional with keeping our sound or socializing the, the younger ones to also come and continue on the legacy. Oh, and the idea everywhere, everywhere, Charlie. Yeah, so on mm -hmm. all the digital streaming platforms, everywhere, Boomplay, everywhere. Amazon, Deezer, Spotify, iTunes, and YouTube as well. We have the latest video over there. Yeah. And you follow us on all our social media handles, Niso, Kojokin, and you see updates of the things that we want to do with this uh, beautiful song. Yeah, mining craze. Babies are being born, deformed. Their formation stages interrupted by poisonous minerals exposed by illegal mining. The baby is deformed. You can't find the sexes of the baby. The placenta had a lot of mercury and lead. But those who seek gold continue to expose the toxins that nature wants hidden. Cadmium, lead, copper, mercury, they are of alarming concern. Why you bring it up there? They are mobilized into our water bodies, and that is where we get exposed to them. The country's water bodies have become lifeless. 
Across Ghana, they flow like a plague, polluting the sea with the venom of illegal mining. You need about 10 to 15 micrograms per deciliter in your blood, and you are in trouble. In this documentary, Irasto Sosoredonko and his team investigate how silently Ghanaians may be poisoned for gold. Poisoned for gold. About a month later, then you are there, and then one person's picture will be sent. So, so and so has died. using cloud seeding. Yes. Alfred? Silver iodide. You are right. Tech TV. We are, we are outside, outside again. again. Hi, your food is here. AI is changing the world. This technology has been in the lab for 15 years. Has solved the problem within one year. It won't be long before we are living in this virtual universe. Are you aware that e-games enables physical thinking? Will I say conception that people hold that women are just not made for tech? And is this true or is this a fallacy? Yeah, women are not made for tech. Wow, really? And you are in tech? <laughs> the race 
a transport system with electric and solar-powered vehicles. Tech is advancing so fast, it can be hard to keep up. Tech TV is proudly brought to you by Liquid Molly, your number one car products and Yaylight, home of antique lights. I have been teaching for the past 11 years and I feel as a nation we don't necessarily pay attention or give respect to teaching but we find it to be a necessity. This work is a headache. I would stay if conditioning of service is improved. Through the first century, we are still teaching kids without resources. I feel teachers don't need much. They need salary increment. <laughs> About a month later, then you are there, and then one person's picture will be sent. So, so and so has died. Please forgive me now. I see that I've been blind. Give me And welcome to this Joy News special thought leadership event live from the studios of Joy News and Joy 99.7 FM. This whole week here at Joy News, we have focused on a crisis that has left many families devastated, the dialysis crisis. A largely underreported subject grabbed national headlines when the country's premier teaching hospital 
announced an increase in the cost of dialysis. There was an uproar, but we decided to go beyond the headlines to examine a problem that is a symptom of a much bigger challenge with Ghana's healthcare system. Tonight, we bring together patients, caregivers, policymakers, and citizens to explore for solutions. My name is Evans Mensah, your host from the Joy News Studios. And also joining me to co-host this particular thought leadership event is, see him on the screen. To co-host this particular thought leadership event is, see him on the screen. Host this particular thought leadership Do Yang Singh, uh, who is in the Joy 99.7 FM studios with a host of uh, panelists who will be joining us. We start tonight by pausing to remember 15-year-old Priscilla Sante, a brilliant and hearty pupil of the Mampon Catholic Basic School. Priscilla died on Sunday, just two days after we recorded her story and her desperate plea for help for our dialysis crisis series. Priscilla dreamt of being a nurse. That dream died with her because she and her family simply could not afford dialysis treatment. Tonight we remember her and the many others suffering her condition, whose story has inspired tonight's conversation. It's not easy uh, always chasing people or asking people for help because it is very difficult to sustain and this is a disease that you always have to be coming to the hospital without that funding you can't come for dialysis and here is a case that that is a, a, a pay as you go mom and dad do not have money either we have become miserable. I am appealing to the government to help me live through this. Otherwise, I may die. They say every session is 350 CDs. You know the harsh economic conditions now. So I have to beg before I get money for my weekly dialysis at this private facility. Um, we are pleading with government to help us with the dialysis. We cannot, we cannot pay because of that. We are not able to go for dialysis. And that, that one too is our strength. If we don't do the dialysis, we are suffering. We are pleading them to help us pay the money for us so that we can die at least two times or three times a week. I want the government to support me so I can live to fulfill my dream of becoming a nurse. Please forgive me now. I see that I've been blind. I lost my lovely daughter Sunday dawn. 
she bloated due to her failing kidneys and died in spite of the dialysis. My heart is heavy and I've incurred debts in my quest to keep her alive. We are ordinary farmers. My husband and I have been left with nothing. We must pay 4,000 Ghana cities in order to claim our daughter's body from the hospital tomorrow. In her anguish, my daughter dreamt of becoming a nurse. Unfortunately, that was not to be realized. I begged the government to intervene. This is too much for us to bear. It was the last academic year. We noticed that it was unusual changes in her body. In the evening, that her mother called me that the child has died. She was very good in academics. She also participated in sporting activities in the school. And she is friendly. She is punctual, respectful, and very calm. Um, so it is a blow to Mamponkalik and the entire teachers. Love is what I need to help me know my name. And our condolence to Priscilla's family. So can Priscilla's story inspire change for others with her condition in a failing health system? And, and how do we ensure that? Well, joining me tonight for this conversation are Dr. Insian Sari, is a presidential advisor on health and former director of general of the Ghana Health Service. He will join us pretty shortly. Uh, Perpetual Ofori Ampofo is a president of the Ghana Registered Nurses and Midwives Association. Well, she and her members, they are caregivers. They see these patients on a daily basis. Some of them know they can save them, but of course the challenge is many of them lose these patients. And, and she's here to give us a sense of the national picture. She's in the studio with me. Also joining us tonight is Kwame Safanasiru, he's a pharmacist by profession, a Democracy and Development Fellow in Public Health at the Ghana Center for Democratic Development, CDD, uh, Professor Samson Entry, President of the Ghana Kidney Association, Professor of Child Health and Pediatric Nephrology at the Kwame Nkrumah University of Science and Technology, KNUSC. Dr. Opokuwari Ampoma is the Chief Executive Officer of the Kolibu Teaching Hospital. We expect him to join us pretty shortly. We also have the National Health Insurance Authority. Uh, Oswald Isyam Mensah is the Director of Corporate Affairs. He will also join us. Uh, later, we'll hear from uh, Dr. Titus Bear. You know him. He's a former General Secretary of the Ghana Medical Association. Uh, worked extensively with rural hospitals, particularly in the Upper West Region. Currently running for parliamentary seats on the ticket of the NDC, of course, in Lambushi constituency. Uh, Kojo also has his own set of guests with him in the studios of Joy 99.7 FM. Kojo. Well, we'll get Kojo. You can hear Kojo's uh, voice pretty shortly. For those of you on Joy 99.7 FM, and if you're watching us here, on the Journey channel. You saw him there. Uh, he will definitely get to hear his lovely voice in this conversation. But he has with him a number of patients, kidney patients. Kojo Bafua Henkra is end-stage kidney failure. He's, that's a challenge that he's been battling with, being on the treatment for eight years. Thomas Vincent Can, you saw him in, uh, featured in our, in our series, a kidney patient also on dialysis for more than a decade. James McKeon Amwa is a senior nursing officer at the Renal Dialysis Unit at the Kolibu Teaching Hospital, a national organizer of the Ghana Public Health Association, representing the Ghana Health Service, is Dr. Fred 
Adoma Kubwating. He's a regional director of the health service for the Bono East region, and uh, he is also with us. So this is a very comprehensive conversation indeed. And wherever you are, please join the conversation. Dialysis Crisis, go on to our many social media platforms. We'll bring your views into it as well on Twitter, on Facebook. We're also live on YouTube for those who are not watching us live here on the Journey's channel. I want to start tonight with Kwame Saponasiru. Kwame, why is this a crisis and how deep is it? Thanks. Um, and good evening to everybody. Yes, it is a crisis. I want to paint a picture, Evans, as to why this is a crisis. So I want to put this in context to set the stage. Based on current research, it is estimated that between 13% and 17% of Ghana's population have some form of renal function impairment. This equates to between 4 million and 5.2 million citizens. These researchers suggest that from this, this segment of the population, between 15,000 and 19,500 Ghanaians should be on dialysis. The data available suggests that only 2,000 people are currently on dialysis. This means between 13,000 and 17,500 people are without treatment. These people would often seek alternative forms of treatment and assess renal care only when the situation is acute. This has an impact on the quality of life and their life expectancy. All research suggests that the prevalence of chronic renal disease in Ghana has approximately doubled in the last 10 years, with cases across the entire span of Ghana's population age profile. According to the Ministry of Health, Ghana's outpatient per capita is 1.06, suggesting that on average, Ghanaians see a primary care clinician once a year. In private health systems, this figure is around four. Citizens see a clinician once every three months. The fallout is that for the majority of our population, there's only one chance a year for any diagnosis of renal failure to be made, except in an emergency. Whilst in proactive health systems, there are at least four chances to identify these patients. Across the country, the total number of dialysis machines is approximately 300, with the majority in the greater Accra and Ashanti regions. Four regions do not have a single dialysis equipment. Citizens in these regions require urgent dialysis, must commute significant distances to seek care. The cost of dialysis in Ghana ranges from 300 cities to 1,000 cities per session. The median cost in government and quasi-government health facilities is 400 cities per session. The range is between 300 and 600 cities. The average number of sessions required a week is three. This means a patient requires approximately 1,200 cities each week just to stay alive. If additional routine medication is added on, an extra cost of 435 cities is required weekly. This brings the weekly cost to the patient to 1,635 cities assuming they have no underlying conditions such as hypertension 
or diabetes. This means the annual cost of staying alive for these patients is 85,020 cities or 7,085 cities a month. According to the Statistical Service of Ghana, 70% of working Ghanaians earn less than 3,000 cities a month or 36,000 cities a year. This means should these workers or their dependents require dialysis, they would require 2.4 times their annual salary just to stay alive. That is assuming they are not eating, they are not paying any bills. The practical implications of this number is that over 90% of Ghanaians are priced out of dialysis care based on earnings. Could this explain why between 13,000 and 17,500 people requiring dialysis are without care? Evans, this is the reality of the crisis and the scale of the situation we are confronted with. Bring in Professor Enchi. And Prof Enchi is with the Ghana Kidney Association. He's a nephrologist himself. And Prof, you see this on a daily basis. From all the things that we've just heard there from Kwame Sapanasiudu, what do you consider to be the single most important challenge that kidney patients face currently among the whole list and the raft of things that we just had articulated by Kwame? Thank you very much, Evans. And uh, good evening to my co-panelists and to the listeners. Um, so we are happy that uh, this discussion is coming up. Uh, because over the years, we have been very much worried about the challenges that patients with kidney disease face in terms of cost. And so as has been articulated, um, we pray that people with kidney diseases don't get to what we call end stage. You know, there's a whole spectrum of kidney diseases. You can be diagnosed with kidney disease. You have five stages and uh, you can be managed. Stage one, stage two, up to stage five. Once you get to stage five, it means your kidney is no more functioning. The function is just uh, gone to a halt. And therefore, if you don't get artificial kidney, um, you will die. And um, we know everywhere in the world that the cost of treatment for getting artificial kidney, what we call kidney replacement therapy, i.e. dialysis or kidney transplant, is so expensive. Yet, that is the solution. There's a solution to what would otherwise have been a dead end. If medicine have not um, found that solution, what we call kidney replacement therapy, anybody with kidney failure will have died. But then there's a solution, there's a medical solution. But the single problem is that the treatment is so expensive. I think Kwame has actually talked about some of the cost items. We'll come to them in detail. But the treatment is so expensive that everywhere in the world, we don't allow people to pay for the cost of kidney replacement therapy from their pocket because we cannot. <laughs> afford this if you allow people to pay out of their pocket, even if they have a lot of money. And so affordability has been the major challenge. And this has existed 
over all these years, I can tell you. And it is something that um, it is so dear to us as an association, how we can get these things affordable. And so I think what has triggered this discussion has been the attempt to increase uh, the price. I think we will come to, in the course of this, we will come to um, the pro and cons or the justification for this. But even at the old price of um, that they were charging, 300 and something 50 uh, Ghana cities per session, I can tell you that probably only a third of people with kidney failure uh, were able to initiate dialysis. The majority of them, probably two thirds or more, were dying. When we come to children, it is a rather pathetic story. My condolences to the, the to, to the 15-year-old who passed Sunday morning. And I can tell you that um, because the cost of dialysis is so much, a few adults are able to afford, but they don't even afford it to the maximum spectrum, what will give them the best of care three times a week, because of course. Some people take it just once a week, so it's it not good for them. Some take it twice a week. Only few are able to afford it three times a week. When it comes to children, it's pathetic because um, we don't have any facility for children. And uh, where I practice for all these years, any child who gets to the end stage kidney disease dies. And the number is quite huge. And so my condolences to the girl who passed, but there are many more who also pass in our health facilities. All the children die, and many adults can also initiate it. So the second problem has been the cost of treating kidney failure. It is so expensive that we should not allow people to pay out of their pocket. And I'm happy for this uh, uh, conversation. Probably something will come out of it. Thank you. We haven't. We, we touched on the subject of children dying and children also with kidney problems you say that they also die in your numbers do we have oh yes do, do we have do we have yes. a fair sense of these numbers i know okay. the experts in the field from KNUST, dr tinkran and others have done a study do we have an, an, an appreciation of the numbers when it comes to children affected by kidney challenges and the numbers possibly as it's stage four who will need urgent yeah. intervention or may die Yes, so um, I myself am a kidney specialist for children. Okay. And so definitely I can provide you with these uh, statistics. Um, a publication I did earlier on, in 2012, um, the current the prevalence of kids who have kidney disease in hospital, not the population, mm-hmm. was about 4.3 of all kids um, who are admitted to hospital facility. About 4.3 of them have got kidney uh, ailments. But most of these can be acute. For the acute kidney ailments, um, the kidney will recover if you give it some time. But of course, if the person's kidney fails and the thousands are building up and you are not able to perform dialysis acutely, he will die. But the good thing is that you do those dialysis, it doesn't take a long time, probably two weeks, the kidney will recover. Okay. And it's stop- and you stop the dialysis, so people do it. But for those who have got the end stage, which is a chronic process, what we see um, in Confanoche, uh, take note of this statistics, it's quite a, 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 a startling statistics. We see every year between 25 to 40 children who come with end stage kidney disease and they will all die because 
Of course, we don't even talk about initiating chronic dialysis. Adults can probably afford to start some dialysis, but not for children. It is so expensive that all the children with the chronic one, which we call the end stage kidney failure, all of them die in Ghana. Every child. And so I was not surprised that this child that reported about, even he started a bit of dialysis, but will he have sustained it? How long was he going to do the dialysis? For six months or for one year? And so they all die. That's what happens. It is so painful for us as practitioners to see in the world, sometimes in a week, I can see four children with end-stage kidney disease at a particular time, one week in the world, and definitely they will all die. So we see between 25 and 40 children every year with end-stage kidney disease. That is only in my hospital. I mean, the nation, if you extrapolate it, I said that the prevalence we have from one publication we did was about 4.3%. So that is the quantum of children who got who got uh, kidney uh, ailments and yeah. also get ends. Yeah. And, and we mean the studio association. Those numbers are startling. And your, yourself and your members will be obviously providing the care for them. Just at Convanotri, 25 to 40. And when they come at that stage, almost certain that they will die. That that must break your heart. That we find ourselves in. And to think that children, Ghanaian children, cannot live their full lives to actually attain their dreams for the future, just like Priscilla, who wanted to be a nurse like myself. It is really, really heartbreaking. And we see these patients on a daily basis struggling to be able to go through the, the dialysis. And first of all, it's an issue of access. It's an issue of cost. But the most difficult part is also the psychological trauma that they individually have to go through, the impact it has on the family, and the, the kind of issues that actually um, comes about just because one individual in the family has been diagnosed with end-stage kidney disease and has to go through dialysis. Um, people have become very poor, although their previous situation was even not the best. They have become very poor just because they are supporting a family member to go through it all. And these are really, really difficult situations. And for us, we are happy that this conversation is going on. And just like it's been said earlier, these have been going on for years. It's been going on for years. And um, it's, 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 we should be thankful that maybe now is a wake-up call. Mm. But we hope the conversation doesn't end Absolutely. with this. Um, I term it's more like a policy dialogue that you are trying to do yes, here. Yes, yes. And it shouldn't end here. There's more to be done because as a nation, um, we, should, we should be hitting ourselves and asking ourselves why we cannot provide health care. For me, I think that the national health insurance should be able to support all these patients. If truly what we are generating from the NHIS is applied for treatment, solely for treatment, not when we... Um, decisions can be taken for such monies to be um, put into other things mm. rather than health. And, you know, when you look at the economic situation that we generally find ourselves in, it's just a, a small number of Ghanaians can find themselves in the high-income earning zone, 
uh, with a few in the middle. Majority actually are in the lower um, economic situation or belt where um, their daily income is such that it cannot actually support this yeah. kind of treatment. Up to 1,200 exactly. a, a week. A week. Uh, and Kwame Sabasiru puts it annually, if you add medication to it, you are in a range of 80,000 exactly. a year. And how many of us can afford it? How many of us can afford it? Even those of us who are working and receiving monthly uh, salaries, how many of us can afford it? So I think we, we need to delve deeper. And, you know, non-communicable diseases has become a world bedding. The fact that more people are getting diabetes mellitus, more people are getting hypertension, and these existing conditions can result in that. Mm. Even extreme malaria can also result in this. Aside the alcohol and what we know as um, the herbal intake, which are not actually properly um, actually standardized by the Food and Drugs Authority mm. and all of that. And it will amaze you to know we, we live in a country where people can still buy drugs from people who are selling it in some boxes or in a pan. And you can never ascertain the, the quality of these drugs, and they can also have an effect on our kidneys in terms of whatever it is that we are taking in. So the data that has been churned out is important, but we need to scrutinize further, mm. and we need to build more data in terms of the, the causes, what is causing a lot more of these to mm. be coming up. Because we are talking about this for our patients, but we are not left out as even health professionals. And, and indeed, I have a, a renal nest. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder, la emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.